Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing in the room today? How you doing? So glad that all of you guys are with us online as well. Give it up for our online family, everybody in the room today. I want to say hello to all the folks out in the lobby today. Thank you so much for being with us. We're going to be, uh, we're going to get something for you guys soon. We're going to build a new space. Somehow, some way, guys, we're going to build a new space, and God's going to help us. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here uh, at LifePoint, and I'm so glad you're here uh, on this special, special weekend. Uh, it's rainy outside, and so in San Antonio, that means most of us melt, <clears throat> but you guys didn't melt, and you're here. So I'm so glad that you're here. And if you're a guest with us today, thank you so very much uh, for joining with us. It means so much to have people come and check us out. And we, we never get tired of that, and it's never going to get old. We just really appreciate that you're here, and we're so glad you're with us. I want to say one thing before we jump into our message today. Um, this coming Wednesday, this coming Wednesday is Big Wednesday, and a friend of ours, Dan Dean from the band Phillips, Craig, and Dean, and I know most of you are too young to know Phillips, Craig, and Dean, but some of you do know Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Just show hands if you know who they are, right? Okay, millions of records sold and multi-Dove Award winners, and they're not here, but Dan, from Dan, uh, the Phillips, Craig, and Dean's here. Dan's going to sing. Dan's going to sing some of the songs that he's written. He's going to do some uh, just kind of talking in the middle of it. Our worship team's going to be here. They're going to start it off. Food truck's going to be awesome. We'd love for you to come. Uh, Dan's a really special guy, and I really, really respect and admire him so, so much, and he's going to be here, and I can't wait for you guys to meet him. Um, but today, and we're continuing our series, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And this is something that I've wanted to talk about, but didn't feel like I had the expertise or the know-how to, uh, to talk about uh, trauma. So we've just kind of avoided it over the years, and I don't want to avoid it. And so about a month ago, Rachel and I were uh, texting back and forth with uh, Adina and her husband. And, and I was like, the Lord, I felt like the Lord said, hey, Dina can talk about, Adina can talk about this. And so I asked her if she would, and she, she said she would. And so we're so honored and privileged today. Adina and her husband, Nathan Keating, uh, pastor of Parkway Life Church uh, in Lumberton, Texas, which is just outside of Beaumont, which is my wife's hometown. Uh, her beautiful girls are here. Wave at us, Macy and Paige. Yeah, they're here as well. Would you please, please, please give a, a warm, warm life point welcome to our friend, Adina Keating. Thank you, Adina. Thank you, Danny. What an honor to be here today. I am, con I really do consider it a great honor to be here. And with uh, Pastors Danny and Rachel, longtime friends. So that means we're getting old because we've been friends for a long time. So that's uh, okay. It, it beats the alternative, right? Uh, very glad to uh, be here with them and to be in church with you amazing people. And uh, he already stated it, but I'm honored to have Macy and Paige, my Twin daughters, yes, they look exactly alike. They're twins. Some of you are, are they twins? But yes, they are. I'm glad they're here today. So he, I'm here to talk about trauma, and I simply want to entitle it today, The Pressure of Trauma. And um, some of you, when I just said the word, you're like, oh, dear God, why did I come to church today? I should have just slept. I should have just stayed underneath the sheets and, you know, wouldn't have to hear that because it brings so much um, hurtful feelings when I say that word. I promise this is a safe place. If you'll just hang with me, I'm going to give you hope today. I promise. 
Some of you are like, well, I should have stayed in bed today. This has nothing to do with me at all. I mean, trauma, I've lived this wonderful life. Oh, well, just hang on. Just hang on. So let's, let's talk about what is trauma. Trauma is a personal or a person's emotional response to a distressing experience. That's what trauma is. So when I say trauma, you and your brain probably went to like an extreme, okay? Let me just give you some examples of trauma. It could be a storm. It can be a fire. It can be the death of a loved one. Being bullied. Going through a divorce. Spiritual abuse. Moving away from all you know. Verbal abuse. Being robbed. Even your beloved dog dying. 9-11. Many of us remember that. Losing your job. Sicknesses. And Lord knows COVID was traumatic enough on all of us. Watching something traumatic happen in front of you. And there's so many other things that can create this traumatic response. Immediately after the event, shock and denial, man, they come right there. It's very typical. Long-term reactions include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationships, and even physical symptoms. Now, abuse is obviously trauma. And when I speak on trauma today, I'm including abuse in that. But I'm just going to combine the words and use trauma. Not all trauma is abuse, but all abuse is trauma. Okay? So I want you to get that. Trauma is trauma, but your brain and your body do not differentiate between physical and emotional abuse. They just respond to attacks. Okay, I want you to think of that. So how many of you um, remember the freeze this year? I don't know if y'all had the freeze here in February, sometime around there. Y'all had a pretty bad one down here. And I'm sure there's probably somebody in here that had some busted pipes and some yucky stuff happen. Um, it's crazy, you know, it happens up north all the time. And, you know, in Alaska, they don't ever talk about busted pipes and stuff like that. But down here in South, you know, we're just not adapt for it. And we don't have all the stuff. But I began to look up, because I'm kind of nerdy like this, what actually happens with frozen pipes. And you're like, okay, then it probably doesn't take rocket science. But, okay, just stay with me. What happens is water freezes within the pipes, duh. And then the water, the water molecules kind of expand, and it forms a blockage. Now, I thought that it just keeps expanding, and that's what causes the, the busting of the pipes. Someone's shaking their head. No, that's not what happens. But when it freezes, so say it freezes this little area, and then you've got the faucet turned off, there's pressure that builds, and that is what causes your pipes to burst. Okay? Now, what would be really cheap for some people if you just turn the faucet on and kind of let that steady stream of water go, that's going to help. But some people I know are kind of cheap and they're like, I'm not paying that water bill. Keep the water running all night. No way. After they're cleaning up, you know, having to replace floor and sheetrock and all that, they're like, man, it would have been a lot cheaper if I'd have just left that dumb faucet on, you know. Wives don't go, I told you so. But trauma is a lot like the frozen pipes. The pressure will lead to a bursting within. It's not a matter of will it or not. It will. It's just a matter of when. 
So we can identify what trauma does to you. It's an immediate response. It can be a bodily injury. Or if you're scared, you run, you jump. You know, there's some kind of, it, it, you have some kind of response to it. It may be a freeze. You may freeze. There's all different kinds of responses. Uh, my son, his senior year of high school, he had played soccer since he was five years old and loved it. And he, on his last year, last game of his senior year, he was a starter, so he's like, you know, oh, you know, go get her. And he told the team, unbeknownst to me, he said, I'm going out on that field, and they're going to have to carry me off that field. I'm not coming out of the game. And, you know, famous last words, so you can see where this is going, right? So seven minutes into the game, he, the ball goes out. He grabs the ball. He chunks it in, and he's just, he's not going to bow down to somebody, which, so him and another guy had the same idea. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. But his leg decided to bow down to the other guy. And so he snapped both, both bones. He falls out on the side, right there on the sideline. And in his moment of shock and denial and his adrenaline pumping, he tries to get back up because he's like, come on, we got to, and the, the people on the side are like, no, Alec, stay down. Like, I want to play. Just stay down. Now, later on that night, about two or three o'clock in the morning, the adrenaline was go gone and the pain was so intense, they could not give him enough medicine to knock the pain out. That's kind of a little bit what trauma does. Sometimes we decide we want to try to push it down and act like it's not there, but it's going to come up. We have to deal with it. But again, why would anybody in their right mind want to relive a traumatic event? I mean, if I just say, okay, let's relive this, you're like, no, I don't want to. Let's just push it down and not deal with it. The problem with that is it's going to surface in your body somewhere. Mentally or physically, it will surface in your body. This is not uh, a theory of mine. This has been proven, proven over and over again. Since the mind and the body are connected, a psychological injury can cause real physical problems. Or a physical injury can cause psychological problems. So people do a few things with trauma. Some of them, like, get a T-shirt, kind of like, I am a victim. They carry the banner. This has happened to me. I'm a victim. And it dictates every step of their life. Or there's other people that just, like, shove it down. Shove it down. I'm just going to pretend like it didn't happen. But it becomes that ball and chain to them. It is there. So I want to give you a biblical example about this, and you're like, oh, where's trauma in the Bible? There's a lot. There's a lot. And if you haven't read the story of Joseph, I encourage you to go home and over the next week, go to Genesis, starting about chapter 37, and go through chapters to about 50. And it is, it's really one of my favorite stories. There's a, there's a whole uh, sermon in there about forgiveness that I don't have time to go into, but it's, it's a beautiful story, but it's a story that we all can identify with. But in Joseph, let me give you a little background if you don't know. I'm going to give you some highlights of his life, highlights or bad lights, whatever you want to call it. First of all, he was in a blended family, and a lot of people in here can identify to that. He had 
two, his dad had two wives, which, you know, that's illegal here, but back then it, you know, wasn't illegal. Uh, he had two wives, his dad had two wives. We find in the scripture that Joseph's mom died probably somewhere before he was 17 years of age, somewhere around in there. So he lost his mother and his dad loved him. Like he was the favorite child. Like you're not, I'm a therapist. You're not supposed to have favorite children. Okay. You're not. If you do, don't tell anybody. I have twins. I don't have a favorite child. Although my son would say, I'm his, you know, he's my favorite. No, you're not supposed to have a favorite child. But in the Bible, Joseph was the favorite child. He has 10 older brothers and they begin to hate him. Like rightfully so. I mean, they, they hate him because he is favored by his father. So one day he comes and he begins to brag on the dreams that he has and you know, like, whoa, look at me. And the brothers are like, we're done. We are done. We're killing the dude. And so they plot to kill him. Like, they're going to kill him. They put him in a pit. And then all of a sudden, they see some human traffickers come by. And they're like, okay. One of them said, let's just sell him there. Let's just do that. Like, that was such a great idea anyway. I'll never forget when I turned the faucet on, so to speak, in my own life. I had been married for a few months, and uh, I remember I went to bed one night, and I, the pressure within me was building, because see, I had never told anyone of my trauma. I had just pushed it down, pushed it down, like, I'm not going to talk about it. If it's not there, it's not going to bother me, and I had been married a few months, and I remember thinking, I'm going to, something's about to break, and I woke my husband up, and I began to tell him of the traumatic things that had happened to me as a child. And thank God I had a safe husband, and he loved me, supported me through those moments. When I actually stated what had happened, I promise I felt like, oh, God, I can breathe. Like, I did not know that there was a weight on me until it was taken off. And I was like, oh, this is what it's like to breathe a deep breath. I want you to know that when that started that night, that was not the end all. I had to continue walking out that process. It's a process. It's not a one-time stop. It's a process. And again, like I said, you're going to need God's help to help you in this step. And the end step is forgiving. And you're going to need his help because I can't do that on my own. First of all, remember, you have to acknowledge the trauma. I recommend you to find a counselor or a trusted person that is safe. Stating your trauma out loud is one of the most powerful things you can do. When I was studying for this, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I was on Instagram and just flipping through, and a friend of mine posted this exact statement, and I was like, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. So stating it out loud is one of the most powerful things because it starts the process. So I want to give you five steps to begin this process. Again, this is not five steps and you're going to be completely healed, but it starts the process. Number one, you need to be aware. What are you feeling in your body? What are the emotions you're feeling in your body? Are you, is your body always tense? Are you always walking around like this? Are you always angry? Is there something going on in your body? Like identify, become aware You know, like I said about Alec on the ground with his broken leg, at the beginning, it was shock and denial. He did not even know his leg was broken. 
but in a little while he knew. So become aware what is going on. Number two is a sign of feeling or feelings to what is going on or what has gone on. So in other words, go deeper than just the surface emotion. So let's take anger. So you know what an iceberg looks like. So anger is the the tip of the iceberg. Anger is not anger by itself. If you tell me, man, he's just an angry person, I'm going to go, what's fueling that? He's not just angry or she's not just angry because they're angry. Something is fueling that. Something is fueling it. It could be unworthiness, rejection, hurt, abandonment. Something is fueling that. I actually had a client come in this week, and it was a mom, and she came in, and she was like, was like first time meeting her, what can I do to help you? Well, um, I just need help. My daughter's angry, and she's just angry all the time and disrespectful, and how do I correct this? And how do this? So we got to talking, because she's wanting me to fix this. And I started saying, well, tell me what has happened. When did she become angry? And we traced it back to about a year ago. She had some situation with friends, and she feels isolated and abandoned. And we began, I said, Mom, if you will deal with that, this is going to take care of itself. But if I just deal with this, there's still this. So go deep. Peel back that, that onion, so to speak, and get to what is the root. Number three, acknowledge how much is coming from today or is it coming from my past? Remember I talked about when those feelings go into your pool of pain and gather. So what is dealing with today or what is dealing with yesterday? Good emotional health is when you deal with today's issues as only today's issues and you do it today. You know, that scripture says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, deal with whatever's going on today with just today's emotions. You don't want a garbage dump or let things continue to build up because they will burst. Number four is affirm the right to feel these feelings. You have every right to feel abandoned. You have every right to feel unloved. You have every right to feel those feelings. But like the whole series is called, just don't stay there. It's okay to not be okay but it's not okay to stay there. So don't stay there with those emotions. Number five is take appropriate actions. Walk out the truth. So if I allow my feelings of unworthiness, unloved, rejection, if I allow those feelings to lead me, I promise y'all, they have never led me to joy and happiness, right? I mean, they will not lead you to joy and happiness. However, if I walk in truth and know God says I'm loved, God has given me worth, if I lean into truths, that's going to walk me to joy and happiness. When trauma happens, it's not the wound that causes the long-term damage. It's the long-term neglect of the wound. So if I have some kind of infection or I have a cut and I don't take care of it and it's deep enough and it gets nasty, it could kill me. But it's not the cut that kills me. It's the not taking care of the cut that kills me. So you've got to take care of what is going on. It's been proven the sooner you unpack the trauma, the quicker you can move forward. So I encourage you today to get the help you need. I encourage you today to start this process 
of unpacking your trauma. This is a promise I want you to carry out today. It says, God will never leave you nor forsake you. He is right there with you. Psalms 34 and 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He is so close to you in those moments if you just open up. Remember, whatever trauma you have had in your life, you did not ask for it. We didn't go through going, hey, I want some trauma. You know, send me, oh, send me that bad trauma. No, so there's no reason to be embarrassed about the trauma that has gone on around you or to you. Remember this, if you turn that faucet on, it's not gonna drip forever. It's only gonna be for a season till those frozen parts of your life become unthawed. And then you can turn the faucet back off. You don't have to talk about trauma for the next 10 years of your life. It's just a season. It's just a season. I promise you're going to feel better and your emotional health is going to be restored. 2 Timothy 1 and 17, or 1 and 7 said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and like the song said, a sound mind. This is a promise. This is his word. He has promise, promised to walk you through health. Would you stand with me today? Our prayer partners are going to come. I know this has been kind of a heavier day maybe for some of you. But if you need prayer, I love that the prayer partners are going to be here to pray with you. But before they do, I want us to just bow our head and I want to pray a blessing over you today. God, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that you are close to the brokenhearted. God, you are so good and you bind up our brokenness. You heal our wounds. You are the God who heals. And I thank you for that promise, God. God, we open ourselves up to you, God. Whatever has been revealed today or whatever someone in this place has heard and it has brought back that hurtful, painful memory, God, I pray that you would give them a way to be able to process this. God, I know you promised you would be there every step of the way, God, that they would be able to have a sound mind and a peace that passeth all understanding because you are that kind of God. And I am so grateful that you are here to help us. Bless each and every one as they go forth today, God, and heal the brokenhearted in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.